This is episode 12, Deciding What to Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Simply Resilient podcast. My name is Jesse Ellertson, and this is a podcast for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of frequent deployments and trainings, but want to stop feeling mentally miserable in the process. You know what to do and you're doing it, all while holding down the fort at home. But you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain. If you are ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. Our battle buddy moment for this episode is a review from Erica and she says, I had a great experience with Jesse. During the group discussion, I was able to talk out my problem with her and I was really impressed with her ability to help me look at the situation in a more productive way. I'm looking forward to working with her more in the future. Thank you so much for that review, Erica. So today we're talking about deciding what to believe and deciding to believe it on purpose. Did you know that you can believe anything you want? I used to not truly know that. That sentence is pretty simple, but as I think about it now, I realize that I didn't understand that before I learned this way of thinking. The way you decide to believe something is to simply just decide to keep on thinking it. Again, I did not truly understand this concept until about a year ago. For most of my life, I thought it was important to just decide what I believed spiritually, and then I had values and things that were important to me, but when something would come up that was new for me or I wasn't sure how I felt about it, I didn't decide if I wanted to believe in it or not. I just checked in with myself to see if I believed it or not. I had no idea that I could create belief by controlling my thoughts intentionally. Now that I know the model, I can see that I was creating belief without realizing it. And now I feel so empowered to believe or stop believing anything I want to. So like I said, a belief is simply a thought. And in fact, those words are interchangeable, the words belief and thought. So it's a thought that we decide to spend time thinking about. Sometimes what we believe feels feels a little elusive or mysterious to us, or maybe even a little vague. So to simplify it like that can be very powerful. Just take a look at what you spend time thinking about. Most of us know what we'd like to believe, but it doesn't always feel available or believable. So here are a few things that I have decided to believe about myself and about other important areas of my life. Now keep in mind, no one gave me permission to believe these things, and most of these things I've decided to believe are not necessarily provable. In fact, I can often find evidence for an opposing belief if I spend time looking for it. But I've decided to just believe it all anyway because it serves me to do so. So personally, I've decided to believe that I am the best one to meet my own needs. The universe is constantly conspiring in my favor. I'm not for everyone, and that's okay. I have an amazing and healthy body. I do my best, and my best is enough. Everything happens right on time. Hard work feels amazing. I have plenty of money and plenty of time. And I make my decisions the right ones. In regards to my family, I've decided to believe that it is so easy to love my husband. My husband is lucky to be married to me. We are all in this together. I am an amazing mom and my kids are lucky to have me. And I know that my kids know that I love them. Spiritually, I've decided to believe that I am a daughter of God. I have heavenly parents who love me and are always with me. I have a loving heavenly brother named Jesus Christ who is my savior and he died for me. And even when I feel alone, I am never alone. 
I believe that I will get to live with my family in heaven and that this mortal life is so important, but it is also just a very small part of my eternal timeline. In my business, I've decided to believe that discomfort is the currency for my dreams and that everything is figure outable. I've decided to believe that I love all humans. I keep commitments to myself. I am willing to be wrong about anything. And because I have the model, I can coach anyone about anything. And finally, in regards to my mental health, I've decided to believe that my feelings are always preceded by a thought and that my thoughts create my feelings. The results in my life are always directly related to what I'm spending time thinking about. I already have all of the answers. Worry pretends to be necessary. And one of my favorite all-time beliefs is that love is always an option. So this is just a sampling to give you lots of great examples. I also want you to take a look at the fact that lots of our current thoughts we like and we want to keep. So this isn't all about changing your thoughts and beliefs. So many of the things we currently believe are serving us. But once we realize that every belief is because of what we're thinking, then we're in a position to identify beliefs that aren't serving us and stop spending time thinking those things. It's as simple as that. I want to leave you guys with this thought that has been a game changer for me. Every single thought I think is optional and every single thought in the world is available to me. This is going to be a shorter episode today, but we'll go ahead and wrap it up with a couple of segments. So my hot mess moment for this episode is a pretty funny story that happened to me about a year ago. Um, Every three years, my cousins on my dad's side of the family, we have what we call a cousin reunion and we get together usually in Southern California, just the cousins, not any spouses or kids. And there are 29 of us. So we're a pretty good sized group and we live all around the United States and Every time there's a couple people who can't make it, but for the most part, we're all there and we do it over Labor Day weekend. And so we spend three magical days together, just enjoying kind of not being adults for a couple of days. We're all great friends from when we were kids and we don't see each other very much anymore except for this reunion. And it's a lot of fun to kind of revert back to our childish friendships since none of our responsibilities are there with us that weekend of our children, our jobs, our houses, you know, all the things that kind of represent adulting. And I really look forward to this trip. It's very, very fun, very rejuvenating, a great way to connect with some amazing human beings that, again, I don't get to see very often anymore. So last Labor Day was when we were doing our most recent one, and I just had the funniest experience at the airport. So I was really looking forward to flying by myself, and I'm at the airport going through security, which since my husband works for the airlines, we actually fly quite a bit because we're able to fly for free on standby. So I'm kind of a seasoned pro at this, but I was going through security and I went through the type of scanner where you have to kind of spread your legs and put your arms up and it makes that chunk chunk sound and it scans you. And then you step out of that and you're picture or your scan pops up on the screen and it's kind of behind you so if you don't turn around and look at it you don't always know what's on your scan so I'm going through security I get scanned my picture pops up and I turn around and glance at it and there's this huge uh, circle right on my crotch 
So I don't know what happened. I'm just in a regular pair of jeans. I don't have anything in my pockets, you know, nothing weird, but I just have this big flag in that area. So they pulled me aside and let me know that they needed to scan me. They got a, or they needed to search me and they got a woman to do it. And they asked me if I wanted to go kind of like in a private area behind a curtain or if I was okay doing it right there. And I'm a pretty easygoing person. I, I don't worry too much about that kind of thing. And so I just decided to go for it right there. And they kind of warned me what this pat down would be like. They had to go on the inside of my waistband of my pants with, with her finger and up and down my inner thigh and just kind of check a few kind of vulnerable places like that. So I just kind of stood there and let her do her thing. And she was able to see that I didn't have any weapons on me. And then she scanned her, her glove to see if I had any like red explosive residue on me or whatever. And I came up all clean, good to go and was able to go get on my flight. And I just thought that was so funny, you know? And, um, so I get to my cousin reunion a couple hours later and just that evening over dinner, I think I told everyone that funny story of just like, I have nothing going on on my person and I got super flagged and had to get a major pat down and it was just a good time, a good laugh and we moved on. So that was in the Salt Lake airport, the Salt Lake City airport in here in Utah. And as I was flying home from the reunion, just a couple of days later, again, nothing in my pockets, nothing weird, a different pair of jeans. Um, My jeans didn't have like metal buttons on it or anything. And now I'm in the Long Beach airport in Southern California. And the exact same thing happens. So it's a different day, a different scanner, different people, different airport. I'm wearing different clothes. Everything was different and the exact same thing happened. So I go through the scanner, glance back at my picture and a huge circle on my crotch. And I just started laughing. And I told the lady what happened. I said, this happened to me two days ago in the Salt Lake airport. And she thought that was really strange because she said, sometimes this will happen if you're wearing like a certain kind of jeans that has like metal buttons or something, but I didn't have anything like that going on. And so we went through that same kind of awkward, vulnerable pat down of her kind of reaching inside my pants and up into my inner thigh and all these things. And again, no, you know, no weapons, no, no problems. Her, her, her glove tested all clear and I was able to go home. Uh, but I just thought that was hilarious. And when I got home, I told my kids about the whole thing and they got such a kick out of it. They thought that was pretty funny that mom has a very exciting flaggable crotch or something like that. So anyway, that was a good time. Um, my in the trenches moment for this episode is actually one from a long time ago again, before I had any of these tools, but I kind of like looking back into my past to see when I already would naturally change a thought to create a new result before I even knew what I was doing. So I have six kids and I nursed every single one of them, but only for about four to six weeks before uh, they just weren't gaining weight and I would uh, start to supplement with formula. After buying formula for the first one and I didn't love doing that because formula is kind of expensive and I had a lot of hope for nursing. And so I was disappointed that the nursing didn't work out. And I basically was kind of grumpy for a year buying that formula. And when the second one came along, she was actually my best nurser and she was gaining weight. And I'm going to go into maybe all of this nursing stuff in another episode, but I just want to give you kind of a quick rundown of it. But she was gaining weight. And then I got in a car accident when she was seven weeks old and my milk stopped that day. So I don't know 
how all of that works, but that's what happened for me. And so once again, we found ourselves buying formula and I was just kind of in that place of frustration again and resentful that I had to buy it because breast milk is free. And I was really not enjoying feeling that way because I could see like, I have to buy formula for this baby. There aren't other choices. And I know that she's healthy. Like I have a lot of good rational thoughts about it of, you know, thank goodness this is available. We can buy it. We have the money for it. She will be healthy and strong because of it. And I don't have any more milk for her. But even though I could rationally see all of that, I still was spending a lot of time thinking breast milk is free and I shouldn't have to pay for formula. And so about halfway through like her year of formula, so she's probably about six months old, I was just fed up with being so grumpy about buying formula. And I realized I had to think of it in a new way to stop feeling grumpy about it. I mean, I didn't quite think of it in those terms, but I was able to take the fact that I was spending money on formula and just stick formula in my grocery budget. So it was currently in my baby budget or whatever that category was in my budget at the time. And all I could do was compare how breast milk was free and formula was money. And so no matter what, the formula was going to seem really expensive. But we had a pretty good size grocery budget. I mean, not huge, not as big as it is now that we have more kids. But at the time, you know, we had four people and each month we would just spend a certain amount on groceries. And once I stuck the formula in the grocery budget, because that's basically what it was. It was what was feeding my second child. All of that frustration and discouragement just went away because it was so easy to think about like, oh, buying formula is not a big deal. It's just adding a little bit of money to our grocery budget instead of buying formula is such a huge deal because it doubles my baby budget or whatever, you know, whatever that was at the time. So that's my in the trenches moment for you because that that solved it for me for the rest of my kids because I ended up buying formula for all six of them. And whenever I would catch myself getting a little frustrated that formula was as expensive as it was, I just would look at my grocery budget and just say like, it's only a little bit more than what we're already spending on groceries. And that just felt so good to think of it that way and just be so happy that I had formula to help my babies be happy and healthy and get chubby and fat and grow strong and all those things. Okay, we're going to end with our mission for this episode, which is to take a look at what you're currently spending time thinking about and acknowledge that that means that that's what you're believing. And then once you've spent a little time acknowledging that, then start taking a look at what results those beliefs are creating for you and see if you like the results, see if the results are serving you and just start to get a little more intentional about what you spend time thinking about, realizing that it's creating beliefs for you. That's what I have for you today. Thank you for listening and making time in your day. If this podcast resonates with you, send an email to jesse at simplyresilient.net to schedule a free mini session and see if working with me would be a great fit for you. Remember, when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Over and out.